Down those ancient streets Down those ancient roads Where nobody knows Where nobody goes I'm back on a corner game Where I've always been Never been away From the healing game Where the choir boys sing Where the choir boys sing Where I've always been Where I've always been Sing a song of soul Sing a song of soul Baby, don't you know Don't you know, don't you know We can let it roll We can let it roll On a saxophone On a saxophone Backstreet Jelly Roll Backstreet Jelly Roll In the Keelan game Inside Out with Turner and Seth. And we have on the phone, Peter Tempkin. Peter, hello. Good afternoon. How is everybody today? Well, we're not coughing, so that's good news. Yes, we're in DeKalb County, Georgia. As of now, one of the few coronavirus-free zones. And if you could, tell our listeners what your, uh, what your walk in life is. I am an insurance broker specializing in the live music space. Oh, you must be a busy lad today. Uh, pretty much every phone call, every email for the last three weeks oh, wow, has yeah. been about coronavirus. So now tell us exactly what some of the things you're tackling are. Are you, are you uh, making recommendations? Are you fielding concerns? Um, are you checking temperatures? Yes. Are you, are you, uh, are you testing? Uh, so far, so good. Uh, unfortunately, for, fortunately for me right now, I'm up in Colorado, and there's only three cases of coronavirus in the county I'm in. But as for your clients, are you – what is the dynamic between you and the clients right now that you have insured? Well, first of all, a lot of them are calling up, finding out if they can get coverage for coronavirus. Oh, that's a little mm-hmm. late in the game. Right. And this is what we've had to explain to them. No, you can't. Um, and unfortunately, the analogy typically in insurance is if your house is on fire and you don't have an insurance policy, no agent's going to sell you a policy while your house is on fire. Exactly. Right. But now, what about so, what about all these uh, events that that had that had insurance lined up? Now, for our listeners' sake, I mean, when an event is uh, announced a year out, how how quickly is it that they get the insurance policy? Is that one of the last things they get? That or is that something that happens in the beginning? That all depends on the client, the broker, and the market conditions. Um. I, a lot of my clients in prior years were buying way out. I mean, they would be buying in January and February for events, you know, in July, August, September, October. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 
the non-appearance slash cancellation market has been changing dramatically over the past few years. And a lot of the carriers would not start quoting 2020 business until um, mid-January of 2020. So events that may, you know, typically have bought in December or November in prior years, this year may only, you know, been able to buy in February or March uh, due to market conditions. So, and there are some festivals, um, whether it's the festival or the broker they're working with, only want to buy, you know, a month out or six weeks out or two months out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just the way they're wired and the way they do things. But generally, they're cautioning, they're protecting themselves from maybe a headline cancellation, maybe a weather situation. No. Well, what they're worried about, most festivals don't worry about a headliner canceling. Uh, we saw that a few years ago. Um, and I do not represent Coachella, but a few years ago, Coachella. Um, when what's her name uh, pulled out um, way ahead of the event? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what's her name? Was it Agatha? Uh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Beyonce. Sorry. Oh, Beyonce. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. All right. You know, she pulled out early, which is a huge loss. Right, but it didn't really it didn't really affect uh, the event. They went, you know, they got another headliner and they just went on. Hmm. Now, with the insurance companies, with this situation right now, for all the policies that they do have, and the touring artists, you know, it's not just music festivals, the touring artists, etc., with all these cancellations and all these postponements, um, when they're paying out, is that a concern? Is there is there a well that's going to get emptied there? Is the insurance well, company insured? <laughs> yeah. But Well, the first assumption you're making, uh, and I don't know if the answer is right or wrong, is how many of these events... Or how many of these artists bought the coverage uh, that would cover them in the event of a claim? Oh, you know, um, because this is remember for a typical event or for an artist, you know, they will buy event cancellation, uh, and the artist will buy non-appearance, and then there are add-ons to the policy you can get. One of them is called communicable disease. If they bought communicable disease and they bought it for discussion purposes right now in 2019 and the event is being canceled by a public authority for coronavirus, they have coverage. What percent would you say take that coverage of, of your the clients in your lexicon? Pretty much all my festivals do, and I would probably say about 30% of my artists. Hmm, only 30%. Yeah, but remember also, you know, go over the last umpteen years, Right. what events have been canceled for uh, communicable disease? Right, very few. You know, there was some in Asia several years ago with the avian flu. flu, um, flu. Right. There were a bunch of few years ago uh, in Europe or in England 
uh, with, um, and if I get this wrong, I apologize, uh, foot and mouth disease. And then we had, what was it, avian flu of SARS right. uh, years ago where the Stones had to cancel uh, shows in Toronto mm-hmm. because there was an outbreak in Toronto. Which, if anybody should cancel, it's the Stones. They're very vulnerable. I mean, they're healthy old guys, but they're still old guys. That makes me concerned with half of Dead and Company, too. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, be, but this was, being serious. Except the Stones cancellation wasn't the Stones. It was the city. Oh, really? Right, which leads me to wonder about a lot of these events that and, and touring artists. Who's making the decision? Are they waiting for... And that's not, it's really not a question that can be answered, but I'm, but you know, there's a lot of factors. How about this? Are you ever involved in the decision? Do do you lean in and say, Hey, look, if you, if you make this call, then this is how it's going to play out for you. But if you wait and make the call, then it's going to be, how are you ever involved in the decision-making process? Are you just stand back and let them decide and then assess the situation from there? Well, no, because what you have to remember in an event cancellation policy or a non-appearance policy it's for reasons beyond the control of the insured but so is, for is instance it, go ahead sorry well i mean it seems like there'd be a vague area with the coronavirus that there's some where they can cancel or they can't that's cautionary it's not so clear that they have to right like when south by southwest was canceled by the public authorities. That was the public authorities canceling the event beyond the control of South by Southwest. So is that why we... Sorry, go ahead. That's what we just saw with the Ultra Music Festival in Miami. It was the public authorities that canceled it. So the events and artists sometimes are going to wait for that to happen. Well... Um, Does it, if the artist, if the artist voluntarily, um, cancels, they're canceling because of fear of coronavirus. Fear of is not a covered loss. So that seems interesting. It seems to discourage to some extent people from erring on the side of caution. Well, the problem is there are different ways to look at erring on the side of caution. Okay. All right. You know, um, Seth, you you and I have been in events where it starts to drizzle. <laughs> okay. But let's say the festival didn't sell as well as the promoter wanted. Right. Okay. And the promoter can make the decision – you know, uh, well, it's drizzling. I feel it's unsafe for people to be here. As opposed to weather comes in, you've got high winds, you've got lightning, you've got massive rains, and the public authorities say to the promoter, cancel your event, it is unsafe for the public to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, one is very subjective. And one is, here's a real reason to do it. And I'm certainly not going on the record saying that everybody who makes a decision to shut down 
because of their fear or of their concern for public health um, of the coronavirus is making the wrong decision. Right. But you have people who abuse the system. Gotcha. Well said. And so now looking, looking, you know, looking here in the future, if uh, what's your what's your thought on the summer? Do you feel that we're going to see a lot more events uh, postponed and canceled? Or do you think we're going to get past this hurdle and hump where we're at here in the next couple months? I th- was here's my my take on it. I think in the next six weeks or less, we're going to know which way this thing is going. You know, I think a lot of people, because this is a new virus, because it's spreading, you know, worldwide today, what was it? The WHO declared right, a yeah. worldwide pandemic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and people still don't know how this thing is spreading. They still, they, they think they have a really good handle on what the incubation period is or the survival rate of the germs. Um, you know, and all this stuff, they're getting a better handle on it. But it's still, you know, you look at the numbers mm-hmm. and I, I am certainly not being insensitive to the, what is it, 4,200 people who have already passed away or, you know, the 100,000 people or the 110,000 people worldwide uh, who who have it and who knows how many potentially are coming down with it. But look at it this way. You got 110,000 people worldwide that have this right now, according to the latest figures. How many people in Atlanta have the flu right now? True, but I think the the way it spread so quickly in Italy and in our own Washington state, you know, adds a, a new concern that maybe doesn't necessarily uh, isn't necessarily a concern with the traditional flu, right? Right. When this is what I'm saying is. I think this is why people are reacting to what's going on because they don't have a handle on it, mm-hmm. you know. And and if you watch the news, and you know, assuming for discussion purposes, most of the news coming out regarding this is fairly true. You know, it looks like in Wuhan, you know. They're on the downside now of this thing. Oh, is that right? I didn't realize that. Well, that's what it looks like. I mean, you just had the president of China going to Wuhan the other day, you know, and it seems their numbers from what I've seen, from what I've read, and I'm premising it with that, their numbers are starting to go down, but they also put that city in total Total quarantine. Yeah, I mean, here in the States, you know, there's a big difference of stay in your house versus stay in your house or your family's going to (laughs) disappear. But you know? I think the entire all of Italy right. is under quarantine, correct? Right, yeah. Right. Uh, I know I just read last night that, you know, Israel is saying, you want to come here? Fine, come here. But you got to be able to put yourself in a two-week uh, self-imposed yeah. quarantine. And you better like Canisius. <laughs> That's right. Uh, or chicken soup, one of the two. Well, <laughs> That's why they're all going there for the chicken soup. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So... You know, do I think the summer is going to be affected? Yeah, I think the summer, early summer might be affected. Um, But, you know, my gut is in the next six weeks, hopefully less. um, 
they're going to get a handle on how to deal with this and, and get back to some order of semblance. Yeah. You know, I certainly don't believe great. If you air this, he'll be knocking at my door probably with the FBI and everybody else the next day. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't believe the president when he says, Oh, this is just going to go away tomorrow. You know, one day gone, you know, sorry, this isn't going away. Um, yeah, this is a new virus mm -hmm. and we have been through new viruses before. This one just seems to be spreading faster and everything else. Right. And and the real damage isn't going to the, the bigger damage, the greater damage isn't just going to be the deaths. It's going to be the financial situation that it puts all these musicians, all this industry through. I mean, the music industry, the live entertainment industry, we're we're paycheck to paycheck uh, people. And the tourism, the cruise industry. All of that. So, so I wonder then, uh, with the insurance side of it, though, when things get back on track, things get normal, <laughs> so to say. Um, we're going to see an increase in po price of policies due to the fact that there's so much payouts right now. Well, that's just it. Everybody's assuming there are all these big payouts mm -hmm. um, because of because of uh, coronavirus. I have no idea what the payouts are. I can talk to you about events that we know have been canceled, um, whether they're mine or not mine worldwide. We can talk about what we think those events are worth, you know, if they had insurance. But I don't know what coverage they had or they didn't have. You know, again, going back to South by Southwest, you know, they canceled. And what was it the next day or two days later, they came out and said, we don't have coverage for coronavirus. Mm. All right. Um, I will tell you, and I'm going to use numbers and please keep in mind, I'm talking in generalities. Okay. Right, right. You know. I don't want anybody to come back and say, well, Temkin said this is the rate. Why did you charge me that? Or Temkin said this was the rate, and I actually got it cheaper. So we're talking round numbers for discussion purposes. And you're safe because it's podcast listeners. They're a little smarter than terrestrial radio listeners. I know, but I still have to be careful. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sometime between January 23rd and January 28th on all non-appearance slash cancellation policies that were quoted or bound as of those dates, there was an exclusion for coronavirus. The first time I knew about it was the 28th, but I've heard from some other people. They heard about it a few days earlier. Hmm. So I'm going to say sometime, let's just say the end of January. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you would have went, if you would have gone to buy coronavirus, you know, communicable disease coverage. Prior to that date, it would, be, would have been about 0.1%. Going to buy it after the end of January, the rate was probably somewhere around 0.2% with a coronavirus exclusion. 
With the exclusion? Yes. Wow. Now, what I can tell you is what's going to happen in six weeks or six months. Is the rate going to come down? Hopefully. At some point, are they going to lift the coronavirus exclusion? Hopefully. But what I've been telling clients is just because coronavirus is excluded doesn't mean you shouldn't buy the coverage. Mm -hmm. Because what happens in six months or six weeks becomes the corona light virus. Well, I actually actually created the Amstel virus. Oh, there you go. (laughs) I have friends who created the IPA virus because they don't like IPAs. Right. Um, you know, but whatever it is, just because coronavirus is excluded doesn't mean the next thing is going to be excluded till the other thing, till the next thing becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. I'm going to create a PIP virus, Seth. Oh, yeah? That's for our listeners. What about these sporting yeah. events where they're going to go on being held? Oh, uh, like, Mar- like March Madness is supposed to be coming through here in Atlanta now. But they lose the ticket. They still get the TV revenue, but they lose the ticket re- the, the ticket revenue. Can you get? Do they get a partial payout? And is there a difference whether or not they chose to ha- hold the events that way in a similar fashion, or whether they were forced to hold the event that way? Okay. Again, it goes back to who's making the decision, right? And what the trigger is for the policy. If the NCCA has made this decision on their own, you know, for, for, to be clear, I'm not their agent. Right. To be clear, I haven't read their policy. Sure. So, you know, talking in generalities, um, my gut is they have to refund the tickets, you know, the ticket money. Uh, like you said, you know, the TV money they get to keep. And the convenience fees. And sorry? And the convenience fees on the tickets. I'm sure those are kept. I don't know enough about it to answer the question. Um, so the event will still go on at the end of March madness. We'll have a winner and things will go on. You know, they, I don't, I can't see how the authorities were ever, you know, wherever the, uh, the, the, whether it's the ACC or the NCAA is going to do their tournaments, whether it's March madness or the big ACC tournament going on right now, saying, well, we're canceling the event for the public, but we're not canceling the event. Hmm. You know, look at what just happened with the Tokyo Marathon. Um, It either just happened or was about to happen. Uh, I think that race gets about 29,000, you know, runners a year. I'm sure many of them worldwide. Um, they decided what they're going to do is run the race with 200 elite runners. And what I heard on the news is they're not refunding the ticket money. Hmm. Now, but I wonder if the runners, they have to keep a distance. So like if you're like three feet away from the winner, or is it a tie? No idea. <laughs> 
What's no the, idea, Seth. What's the most unusual or uh, striking reaction to this whole situation that you've come across? Without you, don't even have to be specific. But what what's the one case that's the yeah. the biggest conundrum or the or the most surprising to you? It's really hard to answer because I don't think there is a right answer to the question. You know, um, I may feel that I think people are over, you know, that, that certain, you know, that people are overreacting, you know, in canceling or postponing or moving or doing whatever. Um, or, you know, I'm, I'm not wrong that people are overreacting. You know, I, I, there is no, you know, there were certain things I see and I go, okay, I don't understand this. You know, companies that are going on lockdown where, you know, people who don't work, they can't go in to visit. Okay, that's fine. But the people who work there can still go out to lunch. They can go out to visit other people and then come back to the office. Right, right. All right. So that makes me go, that makes me go, huh? I get you want to, you know, keep your people safe. You know, you don't want people coming to your office. But if you're allowing your people to go out and come back, what's the difference? Yeah, it's true. Well, we are definitely yeah. at a we're definitely at a weird time, and hopefully, we'll get through this uh, quickly. But I, I do I do fear for our industry and and you know just I mean like, and the people who work in it. Yeah, absolutely. That's what uh, I feel for the people the people in you know in general. Yeah, um, right. You know, if you look at what they what they're telling people to do, you know, to protect themselves. Right now, isn't this what our moms all told us when we were three years old? <laughs> right. Wash your hands. All you know, go to the bathroom. Wash your hands. Do this. Wash your hands. Do this. Wash your hands. You seeing a recurring theme here? Wash your hands. Yes. So, you know, th- this whole thing: wear a mask, don't wear a mask. I'm not getting into that conversation. You know, um, sticking. You know. Sticking your head in the sand, I don't think it's the right thing. You know, I think yesterday, uh, now it may have changed today, but I believe yesterday uh, the UK government said we should not be canceling sporting events or music events. Hmm. Are they right or are they wrong? No one knows. You know, it's the same question. Of these people who died from the coronavirus, what would have happened if they got the regular flu? Right. And again, I am I am not in any way, shape, or form minimizing the deaths of 4,200 people. Of course not. That's a travesty. Absolutely. You know, but what if they just got the regular flu? No one knows the answer. One of our bands has a big event. One of our favorite bands has an event coming in Iceland. Um, that's got to be a tough call, whether or not to keep that one going on, huh? Yeah, it, it's a tough call for everybody. You know, I listen. 
I, I would have loved to have been on one hand in the room and on the other hand, very thankful I'm, that I wasn't in the room. <laughs> right. And again, they're not my client, but I would have loved to have been in the room to watch the conversation on Coachella and Stagecoach. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's a lot of there's a lot of folks that on the industry side that work both events and now they're going to probably be right on top of each other. So that that's going to that'll be interesting yeah. as well. Yeah, because they're postponing instead of canceling. Yes, which, which would seem to right. be an out. Is does this, this is postponing a, a a good alternative, or is that as not as easy to pull off as uh, a casual observer like myself might think it could be? Well, you think about how many moving pieces there are in Coachella. Okay, and, and to say to everybody, to every one of those moving pieces, guys, gals, don't want to sound sexist. We're postponing from April to October or April to November, whatever it's going to be. Are you available? Will you come back? Will you do it? Will you work with us? I have to tell you, if they get 90% of the artists or more and 90% of the staff or more, then they have pulled off an absolutely amazing job. Yeah. And hats off to Paul Toulette and his team at AEG, among others. How is this affecting your life? Is it, is it going beyond the workday? Are people calling you at home at night? Are people looking to have long conversations with you? Is this consuming your life? Well, Seth, you know where I am right now, right? <laughs> He's in Colorado on, on his annual ski trip. <laughs> and guess what I didn't do yesterday? Ski. Yep. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I got I, Between my computer and my phone, it started at quarter to eight in the morning yesterday. And at 6.30 last night, Barbara forced me away from my computer and my phone. Good move, Barbara. <laughs> Well, we won't make her force you off this call. I want to thank you so much for your time. Exactly. Thank you so much for making time while you're being swamped. This really, we really, really yep. appreciate it. And we still want to have a full conversation with you in person sometime down Absolutely. the road. Yeah, we'll come out to Nashville at some point. We keep talking about it. Yeah, it'll happen. Or I'll come down to Atlanta again. All sure. right. Sure. You, All know, right. you know, the last time I came to Atlanta, uh, I got stood up. I never got a phone call back. <laughs> Is that right, Seth? I had my son. I had my son. No, I know. <laughs> well, be you safe know, on it, the slopes. No, no. And Seth knows I always say this, you know, all kidding aside, you know, as great as an industry we are and you know, all of us who love our jobs, it's family first. Real quick, have you ever seen Seth do his uh, his games or his auctioning? Auctioneering? Uh, no, not yet. Oh, you've got to see him. He works the room. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Well. It's, uh, at some point, at some point, you'll see me. Hey, Seth, um, if, if Barbara can send it to me, I'm going to send you this uh, clip of Trevor Noah doing his thing about the South. Have you ever seen it? I wonder. I mean, I've seen a, I've seen most of his stuff, so I'm, I'm wondering if I haven't seen that one. Where he's talking about how Southerners talk, how fast they talk. It almost sounds like either a concert or an auctioneer going off. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. I'll have to see that. Uh, yeah, I'll have Barbara that. flip it to me, and I'll flip it to you. All right. Perfect. All right, <laughs> All we're right. going to let oh, Go ahead. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. All right, we're going to let you go. Thank, Thank you. you so much. You got it. Bye. Bye. Woo.
Well, that was really nice of Peter Temkins to join us for a quick call. I mean, he's a busy guy, but and on vacation nonetheless, Rob. Yes. And uh, as he pointed out, it's not really been a vacation. It's definitely consuming his life. And I, I think uh, we should point out that on the night we did this, shortly after this interview ended, President Trump spoke to the nation and banned travel to Europe. And the NBA, uh, uh, one of the players in the NBA was found to have the virus. Tom Hanks and his wife were... Wait, in. and the NBA suspended its season. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Which no, is no, a big deal. No, Especially th- when you think about that interview, the NBA chose to do it on their own. Does that mean they f- forego their insurance of lose of all the... Or do the teams, since the league chose to do it, do the teams get their insurance policies mm. because of their force, it's been forced upon them by the league? I don't know. That's a, good, that's a very good question, Rob. Right, thank you. And yes, Tom Hanks... I guess you slept a lot of very celebrity-driven culture. So a lot of you people who like every time a celebrity says something on Twitter, you people probably want to know that Tom Hanks. Well, it's just in the time frame. So this we did this interview with Peter Tempkins at roughly 6.30, 7 o'clock tonight. When we were done, I went out, caught up with a colleague, had a beverage to catch up on stuff. And within those two hours... All this stuff went down. Yeah. The Umphreys, you started the night by texting me Umphreys McGee's Oakland shows got canceled. By the time I came back, Ethan's and Larry's uh, Iceland. Lock- Nobody knows who Ethan and Larry is. It's the Umphreys McGee uh, trip to Iceland, a destination concert from heaven, uh, but postponed at least. Coming from the guy who says, you always do that. This isn't the episode for the petty fighting. Save that for the next one. If you like petty fighting, go back to several well, episodes. Plenty of examples. So, so many. Uh, um, everywhere. <laughs> but not now, Seth. Right. So, but wow. So, Rob, I, I have this feeling in my mind and head and body. Two things. One, I feel like this is like September 11th, but in slow mo. Yeah, but you be careful the over dramatic. I feel it's just like a lot of other things. You have to be careful of the extremes, the extreme deniers, and the people who are extremely freaking out. And you want to kind of keep a level head, maintain an appreciation for the positive things in your life. Well, but that's the thing, too. Yeah, it's... There's be thankful the, you live in the United States of America, you know? I don't care whether or not you're like the president. We're still very lucky to live in this country, and we're m- the most likely to contain it, the most likely to develop... Are we, though? Vac- I mean, hold on, though. That's a good question. I mean, China, with their dictatorship, it's like if you come out of your home, you lose your family. But in it, order to protect themselves, they waited too long to announce to the world that this was going on. And a lot of people died because of that. Right. So I, I would say, yes, I'm very grateful to live in this country. And I think a big pharma will come up with a vaccine. So, you know, maybe we could hold off on the hatred of big pharma. Not that it's unjustified, but this is a time where we realize, you know, the financial incentive that drives big pharma is maybe a good thing. You don't think that would exist if we had social health care? It'd be a lot less likely. There, Why? There would, well, there would be less. They would have less money for research. They would have less incentive to develop. I mean, it's just a harsh reality. I, I don't wish there's it was that there's way. Not a, you don't think there's going to be a cure from Canada? Is what you're saying? Not. I not saying. Not, you never know. But I'm telling you, it's probably going to come from an American company. You watch. Well, we will. We'll, we'll. And I also feel like uh, the other thing I was to say is I feel like, gosh, I feel like we're living in a movie right now. More so, I mean, there's times in my life that I felt like we're living in a movie. That happens. But wow, like, 
every hour on the hour, if you listen to NPR. Yeah. Sorry. Something it, it, no, I love NPR. What are you talking about? It's Just because I make fun of the pretentious nature of some of their hosts doesn't mean I don't like NPR. I would like it more if they weren't so pretentious on, on the air. But every hour on the hour, it is like... More bad news. Yeah. Well, it's just... It's just it's stuff that you would have like as the clip in a movie. Like every line, you'd be like, it's just right out of a fucking movie. It's insane. Like this is... This is happening. I had to call my mom tonight, though. She still still refuses to acknowledge this. She sends me a text tonight about, like, I'm concerned. Don't go to the gym. It's a very dangerous place to cont- to catch the virus. I said, Mom, I need you to tell me you won't go to the casino. The casino is dangerous. Absolutely. Right, especially All in South chips. Florida. Yep. No, forget the chips. The hacking coughs of the old people yep. touching the screens to the yep. the the the, 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 blah, blah, the slot machines. She won't say she won't go. She just tells me, "Well, I'm not going tomorrow because I have this and I'm doing this and then we're seeing this person." I'm like, "That's wonderful. You gave me your next five days of your life. What you're doing? Just tell me you're not going to go to the casino." I busted out sanitary wipes that, admittedly, I had purchased a while ago and they're unopened. But I busted them out, and I'm wiping my phone a lot. I'm washing. I've always washed my hands, so I've always been kind of 20 seconds, though? Uh, sure, I don't really count. So are you, when you see someone, are you hugging? Are you high-fiving? I'm you? always a fist bump guy, and I'm not going to stop hugging people. Especially, you know. Even my son, who's six, we, at school, they don't do, they're, they used to do handshakes and hugs and all that. And they're now, when he came home, he's like, doing elbow bumps. I'm like, what, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, that's what we do at school now because we, we don't want to get the coronavirus. I mean, it's good to be safe without being fearful. I don't know. I feel, uh, one, first of all, you obviously want to boost your immune system. Garlic, baby. You don't want to smoke. You want your lungs strong because if it does hit you, uh, if you are older and, and heavy and you smoke. Looking in the mirror, Rob. If you have weak lungs, uh, you're vulnerable. That's... The reality: most younger people are gonna are, are not gonna get killed by this. They're gonna actually get through it and have an immunity to it. And over the course of time, I think that immunity will become in the species, and hopefully, down the road, it'll just be like a more dangerous flu. So, what's gonna happen with Rob Turner? I mean, listen, Rob, I'm supposed you, to go to Florida in three you, weeks. Yeah, you're also supposed to interview bands, and these artists are. We'll leave them nameless, but now backstage is locked down. The buses are locked down. Yeah, we've lost a couple so, interviews already. Some, so, yeah. So, and, and Rob Turner does not want to do phone interviews. No, the phone interviews suck. Which I actually support him on. But So, what happens, Rob? Well, I do have a bunch of cassettes with old interviews on them. Are you talking about Turner tapes? We we could do a Turner classic series just to kind of... Who have you interviewed? Derek Trucks. Whoa, you mean the one that just played last night in... Allman Brother 50. We watched that. It was a happier time last night. That was very uh, surprisingly strong. Hopefully uh, no one got sick. Very nice tribute to Greg Allman at the beginning of Cross to Bear and a very right. nice tribute to Butch, Butch. Trucks yeah, at that the beginning cool. of Mountain Jam. Cool. Um, who else? Yorma Kukkonen, Brad Barr. I don't know. I have to look. You know, as I go through my cassettes, if there's one of my interviews, I put them over in a separate area. So I do have an area with a bunch of old interviews that we can pick through. Well, I guess we're going to have the time to do that. So uh, thanks for listening tonight. Don't one, la- one last thing. Yeah, you have two last things. Go ahead. Two last. Firstly, try to eliminate or limit the agita in your world. You know what I mean? Like I, I notice people on social media, sure, there's mean people out there, 
But don't assume everyone's mean. Don't assume every remark is nasty. Assume a nice tone. And don't take it personally. Just right. because someone's upset doesn't mean... Just because someone disagrees with you, don't freak out. and Don't feel like you have to win an argument. Just mellow, limit the agita. Water the plants of positivity around you. Yeah. Don't feed the negativity. And assume people are using a friendly tone until you learn otherwise. That's one of my biggest frustrations with social media. People are like, assume you're being nasty when you're... I mean, spirit... That's just a projection of how you feel, though. You hear what you want to hear. Spirited debate used to be a thing. Used to be a really good thing that would be mutually beneficial. Now it's about winning arguments and and one-upping people. And that's freaking lame. That's lame. You know what? The, I don't. I can even say that's the millennials. That's that's my generation. It's a lot that's of your people. generation. That's man. every generation. Which is it's just social media inflaming. To things. take it back to what Rob was saying before, stop for a minute and smell the flowers. Right. Stop for a minute and and look at the world instead of seeing all the faults, all the scary shit. Stop for a second and see the positivity. See the body you're in. See the life you're living. What's the beauty in it? What do you have that makes you happy? What? And, and what about the things in your? What about the books that you never read? You know, there's stuff you can do at he's home. Looking at my, yeah, and I have a bunch too. <laughs> you know, if we're gonna be stuck at home for a while, you know, reading. Of course, I've got my ever uh, going through my tape collection thing. Hey, Rob, you know I'm starting a new business. If uh, the schools get my son wet, so we're going through a plan because if the schools get closed, my son is gonna be home, which means my ex-wife and I are gonna have to share custody during the week because we both work at home. But not every parent works at home, so you know what I'm opening? What's that? Daddy daycare. Make a little extra money, watch some kids. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> You're like, oh, you want in on that, don't you? Uh, I'll probably stay away. You don't want to throw a little football? <laughs> <laughs> I like your kid. I don't like kids in general. I'm just being honest. Yeah, and most kids don't like you either. That's fine. Well, stay positive. We're going to get through this. If you are in a situation, whatever it might be, hang, just stay positive. If you Push can. Push through. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. But lean on each other. Help each other out, friends. We're, this is just the band. Whatever's happening right now is just the start of something. We're not going to see the effects of this really for, for months. So just hang tight. All right, we're being too preachy. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our listeners for supporting the show. Uh, we are really, really grateful for you, especially the, with our last episode with a lighting designer. And you guys supported it. You gave us a lot of positive response. And Ben Factor, who's a, who's a, a real bright young man, a lot of people are learning that now, and, and we love that. We, that. That's one thing we love about the show, shining a light on the, not just the musicians, but the players who drive this whole thing. And we're going to continue to do it when we get through this, in which we will. We will get by. We will survive. Shalom. And here's some the slip for you.
Obscurity. 